Now, we owe someone a huge apology, Pascal Siakam. We are so sorry. We never meant to hurt you. Welcome back to Raptors NBA podcast. Big win for the Raptors against the Mavericks. Pascal went off. I'm here with my co-host, Alex Drobin. Uh, Pascal, proving the naysayers wrong like us. What are your thoughts on his game, Alex? I think Pascal just goes off on teams that don't have big men. So he clearly showed it last night. 31 points, 12 boards, 5 assists. Went 15 from 25 from the field. 37 minutes. I feel like every time we talk about a guy on this podcast and we talk slightly negative towards him, he just goes off the next game. Um, The last time we were talking about him being potentially the third option on our team, which is (laughs) blasphemous. He's still the number one option on our team, clearly. Um, But I think he just has a team that he plays way better against. He has a type of team that he plays better against. That type of team doesn't have a big guy or a couple of big guys that can control the paint. He had all these little step backs, all these little mid-range post-ups, his little spin moves. Um, he played really well. And I don't know. I think I think he's back. We do owe an apology. So we apologize, Pascal. I'm sorry, Mr. Siakam. Uh, I think we might have still been on to something, though. Maybe not that he's the third option, but that this team doesn't have a one option. This team doesn't have a two option or a three option. They just got three guys who can step up and give you 25 points in any given night. I don't think necessarily he has to be the top dog. Um, he can go at it against teams that are smaller. Freddie can, sorry, not Freddie. Scotty can bang against bigger dudes. Uh, and then OG can just shoot the lights out like he has been. Uh, so, yeah, I do. We I am sorry to you, Pascal. But we were on to something. Yeah, I think we were onto something. If this team doesn't do as well as whatever we hoped that it was going to do, if we were going to do, I think in the next couple of months, that could be an option just based on, you know, if we don't want to be a middle of a pack team or, you know, a team that's barely scratching the surface of a playing spot, then maybe there needs to be some changes. We'd, you know, we don't want to be mediocre. But part of that, you know, we had six guys in double digits last night, you know, Pascal, OG, Scotty, Dennis, Chris Boucher strong 10-point game, and then Gary Trent Jr. with 16. So, like, solid scoring all around. That goes into my first takeaway, Andrew. What's your first takeaway? Is that our offense is getting better. Darko is figuring out a bit of a rhythm with this team, and our offense is getting better. They started off the game, and I had to rewatch it because I thought it was such a good play. They started – the ball starts off at the top. It was a pass to the wing. The opposite wing comes down, sets a down screen, then – The guy who doesn't get the ball, which in this case was OG, gets a double down screen and then goes through one more screen at the top where Jakob was staying at the top and then, bam, wide open three to start the game. It's like they ran a really good play and it seems like they have a bunch of these really good plays coming out of timeouts, you know, coming from the inbounds. Darko has these guys rolling. Our offense is getting better. What are your thoughts? Uh, That was definitely one of my takeaways. The offense... Looks nice. Uh, a stat that jumped out of me. The first four games of the year, we were ripping on the offense and had no flow, no dogs. Uh, first four games of the year, they averaged 99 points a game, under 100 points. The last four games, 119 points a game. That's a 20-point turnaround. Maybe, perhaps, we're guilty 
of overanalyzing the first four games. They, it takes time to get used to a new coach. It takes time for a new coach to get used to the NBA. We're not even looking at Darko. He, this is a huge career change for him. And it seems like he's pulling the right levers, so to speak. Also, it seems like the guys like him. Seems like everyone's smiling all around him. Everyone's giving him big hugs, high fives. He has a smile on his face all the time. He had six guys on this team that went, you know, double digits last night. Pascal, obviously 31. OG is right back to his old self, you know, what he was valued at last year. That's part of my second take, which we can talk about clearly. But um, 26 points, uh, 26 points, five boards two assists, but it was a shooting that was incredible. Like nine for 17 from the field, three for eight from the three-point line. And, you know, Darko seems to be putting OG in these positions to succeed, whether it's coming off the wing, coming off these screens. The guy can shoot. He comes baseline. He had that pass from Scotty. Did you see that? Of course, you saw the baseline dunk, the two-handed, two-footed slam. That was an and one. Hmm. Like, OG is... The total package, and again, he's so strong that it's, he's really difficult to defend in pretty much any situation. I feel like he's a guy that needs to be double teamed. Um, yeah, 26 points, you know, really good shooting percentage. And we had 127 points overall. Darko has our offense buzzing. Yeah, OG, fantastic. And you're, you're looking at one side of the ball for him. Offensively, he looks good. Defensively, sure, Luca put up 31, but... They mitigated a – when you play Luca, you don't – you want to make sure he doesn't go for 40 or 50. If you keep him at 31, you're probably going to win the game if no one else goes off. Kyrie at 22 points. They played good defensively last night too. It was you – know, OG is just a total yeah. package. You know what's funny? From the – speaking of like OG, I'll say one more play that was really interesting. There was a play – can't remember. It was in the first half. But it seems like Jakob and OG are flowing together as well. There was like a little big to big action where Jakob tossed OG the lob for the dunk. And, you know, OG so big inside that he just went up, caught it and slammed it. So it's like, I feel like he plays really well in most positions. And, you know, um, that one play basically just showed how, how off our offense is a little bit less stagnant, you know, and it feels like there's a lot of movement down, down low, up top on the wings, lots of down screens. So yeah, OG is a big part of that. What's your second takeaway or third? I can't, I don't even know. We don't even know. So many takeaways. Uh, let's get to a negative. Let's Next. talk about a negative. The one questionable spot, I always like to look at guys who don't play. You know I love the DNPs. I know you love the DNPs. DNP, coach's decision, Jalen McDaniels. Off-season signing, two-year contract, and now he's not playing whatsoever. He's been his shot's been awful. He's brought in to shoot, and his shot's been awful. Uh, it seems like a that signing could be backfiring. I'm he's provided zero value whatsoever this year. But here's the thing: I think that they're trying to test out lineups. They're trying to figure out exactly how this team is gelling, and whatever's working is working. Like I think he. Played pretty well during the first couple of games and during the preseason, but it just seems like our other guys are playing so much better. So, yeah, DMP, coach's decision. Um, who else? Garrett Temple as well. Like, obviously, by the way, Garrett, Garrett Temple, the sharpest dressed Raptor. Sharpest right. dressed Raptor. I'm going to put a photo of him 
and I'm going to cut this. Shout out to Garrett Temple, sharpest <laughs> dressed rapper, or <laughs> Raptor, sharpest dressed rapper alive. Um, <laughs> no, McDaniels, I agree with you, but I just don't think we figure out we figured out exactly who is running our offense. It's kind of the rotations just yet. So I think it'll take some time to figure that out. There's some clear experimentation from Darko. The guys who are playing some nights then sit on the bench the whole game and don't play at all. He's clearly tinkering, and I, I appreciate that. That's the time to do it is early in the season before you get the build up to the playoffs. This is the time to do it. So You know what? How did uh, – what was Grady Dick's line like again? Oh, I didn't want to talk about it. I did not want to <laughs> talk about it. What is going on? I'm really confused, man. Seven yeah. minutes, zero for one, zero for – like zeros all across the board, two turnovers. How okay, do you have two I, turnovers in seven minutes? I have a a spicy take for this. I mean, if it? we have a if we have a spicy take for it right now, you know he's going to go off next game. So, what's your spicy take? And I mean this from the bottom of my heart. Yes, it's time to send Grady to the G League. Just get him putting up shots. Get his give get him in rhythm. He's not. Is he learning anything playing seven minutes? Putting up zero three pointers last night, doing nothing. Like I, if he starts in the G League and gets fifteen shots a game, he's probably going to learn a lot more. Well, you know that's exactly what Fred did. That's exactly what OG did to a certain extent. Pascal did that as well. So it's like, yeah, maybe maybe it's time for him to go down there, put up some shots, hopefully dominate, and then come back up when he's a little bit more um, confident in himself. Um, okay, my next takeaway for you. Yes. Gary Trent Jr. is playing really well. Same thing. Started off a little bit slow. First two, three games didn't shoot very well. But it feels like he's being more a little bit more composed. He's going to the rim. He's shooting really well the last couple of games from three. Uh, last game, I think he was four for eight. Let me just double check that. Yeah, four for eight from three. Six for 11 from the field goal field goals. He's being really aggressive and he's playing way better than he was from the beginning. He likes coming off the dribble, but it seems like he's feeling a little bit more comfortable overall. Um, Not the best catch and shoot three point shooter, but again, like I said, feeling more confident. Hopefully that continues. What are your thoughts on Gary Trent jr? 16 points last night. It's nice. That's what you need from your first guy off the bench. That's exactly what they need. Uh, but he's real Jekyll and Hyde. I don't know. Am I ready to say he's back? I don't know. Are we ready to say that Gary Trent Jr. <laughs> is the sixth man of the year? <laughs> Just hot takes. Hot takes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. They're going to win games. If Gary is coming off the bench and giving 15 to 20 points, they're going to win those games. And if he's not, they might lose those games. So he, he, it does have a big factor on the team. Plus nine last night, no turnovers, shooting really well. I just feel like if he keeps this up, he'll get more minutes. He had 26 minutes last night. So, um, yeah, six man. He's playing really well. Like I said before, way more confident than he was before. What is your last takeaway of, of this game, Andrew? With Gary, I think he was able to play more minutes because the Mavs are smaller. So, like, hurdles off the floor a lot. So, the Raptors had a small lineup. I think that had an impact on it. So, maybe against smaller lineups – Gary gets more playing time and he can he can flap his wings. Flap his wings. We gotta let you fly, Gary. Speaking of Jakob, he did not get <laughs> our daily double double. Oh. Four points. Uh six boards. 
if he was out there for longer, he would have he would have eaten, but he just wasn't. He had one play where he had like t- tipped the ball to himself like three or four times. I think that's where all of his rebounds came from. Um, but yeah, didn't play enough minutes. Twenty one minutes, whatever. We got the W. It's all that counts. Okay, Alex, I had a question for you. I'll have an answer for you. Who is your dog of the day? Who is your Raptors MVP from last night? You know, I have to say it has to be Pascal. It has to be. He got off the schneid. He put the put up game high 31 points. Wait, right? Yeah. Him and Luca, 31. And he, he was just confident. He was looking confident. He had one play where somebody sent him a pass. It was sailing out of bounds. I don't know if you remember that. He like caught it on the baseline, was like tippy toeing on the baseline, and then went at his defender laid it up with the left hand and one, you know, and then smacking the ground. Like, I feel like he's playing much better. We have to give him his props. This is a guy who's been in our lives for quite a while at this point. I feel like a lot of people, including us, are writing him off a little bit. Uh, You know, last year he was, last year he was close to an all NBA selection. The year before that he was, I believe, if, if I'm not mixing that up. Pascal's a dog, man. And I think, you know, we're still lucky to have him. I feel like we forget about him sometimes. Pascal, you're the dog of the day for me. What about take yourself? Him, take him for granted. He's an all-star starter. Second option on a championship team. We do take him for granted. You're right. Yeah. Uh, my dog of the day yesterday. You mentioned him earlier a little bit. Chris Boucher. Boucher is back. Now, he can't bang with the bigs. He got his lunch taken from him against, like, DeAndre Ayton and Joel Embiid. But... Darko's got a role for him against these smaller teams. He can make shots. He's four for four last night, 10 points in 15 minutes. That's good. That's what we need from him. So congrats, Chris. You're back. Congrats, Chris. 15 minutes, 10 points. That's exactly what we need. And yeah, you're right. You know, he can bang against these smaller guys, these smaller teams. And he's long. He's long. He'll change shots as well. He's no Wemby, but he will change a shot. All right. What... Uh, do you have to talk about from the rest of the NBA? We had an action-packed night last night. Tons of teams playing. There were no games on Tuesday, which I was a bit poor schedule. Do you know why that is? Why was that? I don't. I don't know if they're trying to line up games for the tournament. I'm not sure. I don't get it. Mm. Uh, yeah. Last night, I believe at one point there was 11 games on at the same time. Yeah. And like nobody's watching that. On what? Poor scheduling. Space them out. Come on. Adam yeah, Sloan. like tonight, tonight there are two games on, Bucks, Pacers, Hawks, Magic, and yesterday, yeah, full schedule, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 games on. Yeah. It really didn't make any sense, didn't make much sense to me. But no, um, yeah, what is your next takeaway from outside of the Raptors? It's going to be from a game that probably not many people watched. It wasn't the sexiest game yesterday, Sacramento-Portland. Mm-hmm. This blew my mind. I had no idea. Now, Keegan Murray had a great rookie year last year. I thought he could have won rookie of the year before end of the season. Uh, great rookie. I didn't know he had a twin brother, Chris Murray. I had no idea. Last night, playing his third game of the year, young Chris Murray playing against his twin brother, Keegan. It was just like a cute moment when the parents were there. I don't know. The bas- Basketball is the best. The NBA is the best. Uh I saw that. That was a highlight. Um, I was watching. I think. I think it was actually on Sportsnet or TSN. I can't remember, but I did see that as a highlight. 
Uh, what was the score there? 121-118. Close game. I didn't watch that game, unfortunately. But the other uh, Bad scheduling. Yeah, bad scheduling. There were way too many good games on yesterday. That's the other thing. Jeremy Grant for Portland goes off at 38. Nine. Someone's, someone's going to get buckets. Someone does have to get it's buckets. like five dudes, that team. Malcolm Brogdon went down last night. There's missing everyone. Yeah, Portland. that's interesting. Okay, well. Your takeaway from the rest of the NBA. Andy, last night I was watching the Denver Nuggets versus the Golden State Warriors. I watched that whole game. Had a late night. But I had to watch it. It was a close game. Denver ends up winning 108-105. Steph is just, you know, he didn't have the best game yesterday, but he hits these insane shots like he always does. And it's just such a joy to watch Steph Curry play. We can't take that for granted. We don't know how many more years of that he's going to have. And then talking about Nikola Jokic, like this guy is ridiculous. For sure the best player in the league right now. I don't think there's a question. 35 points, 13 boards, 10 Sorry, 13 boards, five assists, and he's just putting people in the chamber. It's like you were doing the other day when we were playing two-on-two against those two guys in the gym. You were just putting those dudes in the chamber. That's Nikola Jokic every time. Gets it down low. Doesn't matter who's on him. Kavon Looney in the chamber. Anybody who switches onto him in the chamber. One, two, three dribble, little little over-the-shoulder hook. Unstoppable. Unstoppable. And if he gets double-teamed or triple-teamed, he just kicks it out to the right person who hits a shot. Now, you know, I think this team without Jamal Murray could still potentially win a championship. That's just how good Denver without is. Without Jamal Murray. That's how good Denver is, man. That's oh, how good they are. And um, another takeaway from that game is, like, I love how Chris Paul is playing on the Warriors. You know, he didn't have the best game, but he shot four for 10 for nine points. He just comes in that second unit, runs the offense. Nobody thought it would work. Chris Paul really playing well um, for the Golden State Warriors. What's Golden State right now? Six and three. Denver's eight and one. Six and oh at home. That was a great game. Did you see any highlights of that at all? Anything? Yes, I did. Could be a Western Conference preview. Western Conference final preview. Very well could be. But you got to check yourself here. Jamal Murray. No Jamal Murray. You think they could win a chip? Come on. That's disrespectful to Jamal. I just think he's He's that good, man. He's that good. You know, obviously, he obviously the team is much better with Jamal on the floor, running pick and rolls like and they they run those reverse pick and rolls where, you know, Jokic has the ball up top, Jamal sets the screen, and then Jamal either rolls to the rim or pops up for the three, or they just continue that. You know, I I don't think just anybody can do that, but man, Jokic is just looking like unstoppable. He's looking unstoppable, and we have no comparison for him. I was listening to the Bill Simmons podcast. Shout out to the podfather of of sports. And he said he was talking to somebody who called him a mix of um, bird. And now I forget. That was silly. Can't remember. But I'll get back to you on that. Bird and um, someone. Yeah, he bird could. and someone big. The bird and a big man. Like a bird and Bill Russell or, or um, bird and uh, Bill should, Walton. Bird, bird and Bill Walton. <laughs> Something That's like that. A couple, should, of, couple of big whites. Should he have won MVP last year? Probably. Probably. And then we'd be looking this year at like a historic four-peat of MVP. Highway robbery last year. Robbed it was a huge a campaign. Special. Huge campaign for Embiid to win MVP last year. I think Jokic probably deserved it. 
Um, but whatever. I feel like Joel deserves an MVP at some point, but it's just when you look at the stats and the overall standings and kind of what's happening in the league, it seems like Jokic should have should have probably gotten it last year. He's disgusting. Any other thoughts? No, this podcast is disgusting. Thank right. you for listening. Please subscribe to Raptors NBA Podcast on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, and Spotify. And be sure to unsubscribe from all other Raptors or NBA or sports podcasts. We are your home.